It's about time someone gets real. Bro, are you sure we're even supposed to be listening to this? Welcome to the Church Misfit Podcast with motivational and thought-provoking content designed to push you further personally, professionally, and spiritually. If this don't move you, you might be dead. Here's your host, Catalyst Collective founder, Joe Elliott. Okay, we're diving into our seventh and final session, <laughs> recapping this year's Global Leadership Summit. Uh, our last two speakers, we have the world-famous, now-retired soccer player or football player, mm-hmm. Kaka, and then Pastor Albert Tate. So we're going we're gonna to talk about uh, the quick highlights here and give our commentary and thoughts um, hopefully you found all of this helpful. I mean, I think we did save you two days worth of conference time yep. and summarized all this in about two hours if you've gone through all seven podcasts. So you're welcome. I think we nailed most of the big points, but hey, um, go buy all their books if you want more. All right, let's talk about uh, this interview uh, with Kaka. First of all... Um, I realized during this interview, which was all done in Portuguese, and I'm a very slow... Learner. Reader. Oh. Not learner. Okay. Reader. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and you don't know Portuguese. And I do, I do not know Portuguese. And it is not exactly Spanish, but it's close, I suppose. Um, uh, yeah. So okay. I just... Yeah. It, it sounded really good, though. Um, so this is... in. Normal interview style. Mm-hmm. This kind of hopped around a little bit. He talked a bit, a little bit about his uh, football career mm-hmm. and and some of the games and all that kind of stuff. And he dove into his take on leadership, which is really what we want to tune into. Uh, two kinds of leaders that he personally experienced, or he seems to put leaders into these two kind of buckets, which I thought was great. Um, there's those leaders who lead out of fear, mm-hmm. and those leaders who lead out of love. Yeah. And he's had experiences, you know, working under both of those forms of leadership. And uh and I love how he openly admitted to, you know, the the fear-based leaders that that does work but for a season. It has an expiration date. Yeah. Because if you work under somebody or you're the type of leader that that people follow because there's fear involved if they don't, then at some point that fades away because they become apathetic, really. Uh, That fear of disappointing you or whatever will fade, and when that happens, they'll just begin questioning your authority and, uh, and, and rebelling against everything you say, so they're not really following at that point. And... And as opposed to uh, someone who leads more out of love, it's easier to disagree with that type of leader, yet um, still stay motivated and on board because you trust in that leader's um, care for Mm -hmm. you as a person, right? That's a quick summary in in that particular realm. He also said, um, you know, we can choose what we're criticized for in, in... in his world, that's uh, that was his faith in Jesus, yeah. um, open faith in Jesus, um, choosing to say, okay, I'm willing to be criticized for this. And when he said that, I thought immediately of Michael Jordan. And if anybody saw the Last Dance documentary, so great good. documentary, so got to go see that. But how Jordan was, his leadership was critiqued. But 
I believe he chose that too because he knew what it would take to elevate his team toward greatness all those years, and he was willing to be the bad guy in the process. Yeah. So those are some of my my quick t- takeaways. What did you guys hear in that conversation? You, you hit pretty much all of them. Um, I did like how he talked about like fitting into a new environment, yeah. like wherever you went. You just have to understand like the dynamics, like the already established culture. Um, and like just fitting in and finding your place and then recognizing like who's leading and then just how to like f- fall in line. Like he was mm-hmm. talking about with the, the, the leadership that leads out of fear. Like he just kind of had to put his head down and kind of just go after it. And, but all while he was thinking like, if I mess up, the coach will ignore me. The coach will just like give me a side eye or he'll, he'll, he'll cut me like after the, the next week or learning about like how to be led by someone who like, loves and i like how the interviewer said that you usually don't integrate those two into like the same sentence like the love and leadership and so he was just talking about um how that's how all the best leaders he ever had were the ones that led with love and so yeah you hit pretty much all the the main points i i wrote down and so um but i I liked how at the end the, the challenge he left off one of them was at a minimum we all lead ourselves and so it's not so much that no one's a leader it's just we have varying levels of leadership and then mm-hmm. at, at minimum we need to lead ourselves as well and that mm-hmm. kind of goes along with choosing what you can what choosing who you are as a product choosing yeah. who you are as you interact with teammates or friends or yeah 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 kenny what stood out to you in that interview um you know being an interview style it's like and in portuguese you know mm-hmm. you had to really focus to to draw some stuff out or just stay with it but um I did like the way he said, decide what I'm willing to be criticized for and what battles am I willing to fight, you know, do I want to fight, you know, mm-hmm. or that they're they're worthy of of me fighting. Um, you know, it, you did, you're right, he had two, two buckets, leadership based on fear and leadership based on love, but he did kind of throw in a third one, and that is uh, the, the leader who really doesn't lead. It's like this permissive leader, mm-hmm. you know, it's like where you – and so people will be in a leadership role, and but then they don't do either one of those. They don't lead based on fear or, mm-hmm. or on love. You mm-hmm. know, at least on those two, it's something that you can lean on, and you know what it is. You know, but if you have this absence of of leadership, especially in a time of crisis, then man, that's just mm-hmm. creates all kind of chaos. But yeah. mm-hmm. um, I did write this down, and, and I have a tendency to write down thoughts that maybe not not what they said, but it's mm-hmm. where my mind goes. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know, having a leader that's not that is able to not only bring out the best in an individual, and I think mm-hmm. sometimes you know, you know, leading based on fear or love can potentially bring out the best in a person, mm-hmm. but it's also one who's able to take all the differences on a diverse team. And of course, he's talking about team because of sports and say, okay, I, I pull out your strength and I pull out your strength and I'm being a good leader at that. But then I take it to the next level and I, I'm able to, you know, aggregate all those strengths yeah. to where everybody's going on. The, you know, there's a clarity of this is what we're doing as a team. And even though there's all kind, you have different motivations, you know, and different strengths than what you do, than what I do, and everybody on the team. But if we can get on the same page, and there's that synergy thing that we we're talking about earlier, yeah, and that's where you see very successful teams. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that jumped out at me. But then also, you know, talking about the fear thing, the season, I like that because it's not just that someone gets kind of apathetic. Mm-hmm. 
but also if they don't no longer have the reason to have the fear of you as a leader, mm-hmm. um, then they're like, you've lost them. Yeah. If that's your style of leadership. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to, that's, I'm glad you brought up that other point because he did go into, and this was a great analogy that got me thinking about things. He was talking about, like, let's take a, a, a pro sports team in his world, you know, soccer. You've got the rookie coming in who's excited just to be there. Yeah. Right. You've got the player with the expiring mm. contract with a yep. lot on the line that's worried about where they're going to play next. You've got the player that's, that's trying to, elevate their game to make it to you know the national team and 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 to move higher up Mm -hmm. you've got all these different tensions even within a team Mm -hmm. and as the leader you have to understand all those tensions and they each require a different type of guidance yeah and and so to us when we when we keep talking about if you followed this series in our recap we kept we keep using the word holistic discipleship or holistic development. What we mean again by that is the ability for a leader to enter into somebody's world and truly understand where they're at mm-hmm. personally, professionally, and spiritually. Yeah. Where, where have they been? Where are they at? Where do they need to go? Those three things. And most leaders do not have that insight into the people who are following them. Right. And, and, and when you lack that insight, then you can't truly put yourself in a position to lead them well. And especially if you lack that insight into an enormous group of people. What you do then is you start making assumptions. Yeah. Well, if you're a church leader, I'm assuming we're all here because we love Jesus and you like my preaching or you like the music and you all want to grow closer to Jesus. Well, that's a... That's a broad-based assumption that can be generally right, but that's that's not going to help your your draw out the best in your people. Mm-hmm. Right? What's going to draw out the best in your people is when you realize that yes, everyone might be here because they value some level of spiritual growth. If I or my team as leaders and pastors are able to get at a deeper level and this normally never happens through Bible studies or home groups or community groups or anything else. We think it does, but it doesn't. And we get to know a true blueprint of everybody in our congregation, where they're at professionally at work, what they're trying to achieve, where they're at personally, what they're trying to achieve, where they're at in their family, where they're at spiritually. All that data collectively together, then you have a blueprint on how that person is really going to thrive. And to the extent that as leaders, to me, that's loving. That's going mm-hmm. back to the loving leader is going to take time to, to analyze and collect all that information and then do something with it, right? Um, so that's what I saw, you know, even as a manager of a sports team, you're leading an organization anywhere in the workplace in any industry, break down your team, understand where they're at, where they want to go beyond just the workplace. Yeah. And man, you're going to create a bond and a, a level of trust there that um, is going to be key. Yeah, you don't want people that are afraid to leave you or to right. leave. You want people that are compelled to stay, yeah. right? And yeah. that's, I think that's the difference between the two. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And in, in today's workforce where everybody's hopping around to – it's not hard to just go get the same job somewhere else that's going to yeah. pay you more. Yeah. Right. So if you if you want to retain your people, 
then yeah, they're, you're gonna have to be willing to, to go deeper. You're gonna have to give them another reason outside of you know, money or convenience or whatever you know, to, to make them stick. Why yeah. are they going to want to be around you? And, and so with, with uh, I know with my leadership in particular, one of the things that I'm trying to do is I'm trying to say, even if somebody leaves our organization, I want to still stay connected to them because I want them to feel as if, you know, man, I still need to stay connected to Joe in some way because if I don't, I'm losing a little bit of the development that I've come to love. Like Joe's a person that helps me elevate my game in whatever level it is. And I do an imperfect job of that, but I'm always looking at ways to do that better, right? Because that's my goal. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's, uh, that's that holistic kind of, of thinking. Um, let's talk about Pastor Tate's talk for a minute there. So uh, again, I think he, he ends this conference on um, you know some biblical truths. And, and again, a, another strong exhortation talking about leadership that we can grow within us. He talks about um, three buckets, mm-hmm. like a leader who is willing to flip the tables like Jesus did. You see injustice, you might be sitting at a table with injustice, and you notice it, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about the injustice You know, yeah. in, in your proximity? Um, two, the leader who's you know willing to be a foot washer. Yeah. Right, the foot washing leader is is really what he said, and that's that's the servant nature behind this. Again, this loving leader that we're already talking about seems to be a theme here in session seven, and then uh, this idea of a limping leader. Where he gave us the story of of Jacob wrestling with God and 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 being one who's willing to wrestle with God and is and is really marked by God's grace. As I mm-hmm. think yeah. of how one of the ways that we're all interpreting that. Um, so, big picture thoughts um, from Pastor Tate. What, where did you guys hear? Because there was a lot of different things coming at us well, uh, in that message. The one thing he said that was thematic for me is that it, it, is something, it isn't something outside of me that I need to grasp. Mm-hmm. It is something inside of me that I have to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was doing the comparison game that I think a lot of leaders do is that that we have a tendency to look at other leaders, whether it's in the sports world, business world, ministry world, whatever, and say, oh, I need to be like them in order to be a leader. And so that's like, that's the something outside of me that I feel like I need to grasp. And that's one of the downfalls for me for, for conferences, you know, where you sit and listen to a lot of speakers and you're like, oh, I'm not like that person. I'm not like that person. I'm not like that person. So therefore I'm not a very good leader. But instead, it's, and I agree with this, is that what there are things that are inside of me that I have to grow. And, you know, what God has been revealing to me in the season of where I'm at is that um, it's being willing to really get serious about spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. And it's that, it's those moments of time that I spend that, that, are not in front of an audience, you know, but it's the things that I know that are lacking in me that make me not as good a leader as I could be that need to grow. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that was like the main theme, you know, mm-hmm. through his talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I would uh, echo that, you know, as the Christians <laughs> say. But I, I thought that was the 
best thing the final speaker of a conference could do is to say everything we just heard is great but those people aren't you mm-hmm. is take the principles don't take the person out of that and um i remember when i was a kid like i went to like youth camps and people were like like just gushing over certain leaders that came mm-hmm. and i was like but what did you get out of it and they're like I'm, i got his book and mm-hmm. i was like no I, what did you get out of his message they're like that he's awesome and i want to see him again and i was like you missed the point mm-hmm. and um that really really just like it, it was a lot less data driven than a lot of the other ones mm-hmm. but him just saying um like you just said like you have to grow it it's not something that you just pull from a conference that so you upload some notes or even upload a video even watching mm-hmm. this and going i got it i'm a better leader now it's like no you have to do the dang thing yourself and so i i just f- left very encouraged because of the same thing i've been to dozens of conferences with you with other people and every time i leave i have to really fight that feeling of like I don't, I don't, I like, I'm not as pretty as Sadie Robertson, you know, I'm That's a, for sure. in, in my twenties, I'm hairy. Like there's no, like, like I'm not as just like cool on the drums as like Mike mm-hmm. Todd. Like I, I'm, I'm none of these guys, but then it comes down to it and it's like, oh yeah, I just have to do it and I'm going to mess up and I'm going to fall in public and I'm going to not be balanced. I'm not going to be integrated. I'm not going to step into fear all the time, but as long as I take all these principles and live it out, then we're going to flip tables and I'm going to wash feet and I'm going to limp to the finish line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, yeah, there's a lot, you know, to, to take in. And I think that's, that's a good point that when you walk away from um, taking in a whole lot of information, there's some things that you're going to archive and there's some things that you're going to have to pick one or two things that you're really going to need to use some spiritual disciplines or just disciplines on and really pray on meditate on think on and 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 hey this this is the one or two things that i want to focus on out of all of these speakers and sessions so you know do you guys you feel like either one of you have at least one thing that is the that's the thing that you want to wrestle with more or immediately apply i need some time to think so you can (laughs) Well, yeah, there could be several you could choose from, right? But for me, and and I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to serve you up. All right, I'm mm-hmm. a, I'm an ex volleyball player, so I'm I'm giving you the serve. All right, really? I didn't I'm, know that. I'm setting That's you up. But um, <laughs> that uh, see now you just totally lost. See, I'm sorry, I just missed it. I'm afraid Kenny's gonna say I need somebody to wash my feet. That's <laughs> ultimately what yeah, he's volleyball. thinking about. Yeah, right, right. Wash my no, feet. no. Here okay, it is. Okay. Here it is. And, but. For me, the the one thing is that is we take advantage of the permission that we have to first of all understand who we are and how we've been uniquely designed, mm-hmm. and then to say I don't have to copy anyone else, but mm-hmm. that God has instilled in me certain gifts, talents, uh, even my life experiences, everything about me. You know, life ex- when he was talking about, you know, Pastor Tate was talking about being someone a leader that limps is that. Don't try to to neglect the negative things that have happened in our lives, but to learn how to incorporate those and have and have permission to do that. And so, for me, the word, the takeaway for me is permission to lead, permission to be exactly how God has made me. I don't have to. We're in a copycat world, but that's not God's economy. 
God's economy is that he has the power and ability to make every single one of us unique for a certain time that he wants us to lead. And so we have the permission to do that. Yeah. And even at my age, and even at your age, and we're on kind of two ends of the spectrum, that we we both should embrace that permission yeah. to mm-hmm. the, really embrace the all those things that make us unique mm-hmm. and different that no one else can lead the way that we lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would say, um, weirdly enough, the f- as I'm sitting here thinking about this and as we're finishing up, the two biggest streamlined messages of this entire thing, leadership, yes, um, stepping into through fear and then the permission thing. And I was thinking mm. all about that and it went back to weirdly enough, a sermon I heard, um, like a small group or like, a, I don't know. I went to something a few months ago and someone asked like, might've been you, Joe. I don't know. You say a lot of wise things, but they said, if you, someone told you, you had 24 hours to live, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And I was first thing that I thought was, I was like, I'm going to Whataburger. I'm getting a burger. You know, I'm going to go hang out with probably Joe and talk your ear off. And then I'm going to go for a hike. And then I'm just going to go like, you know what I mean? Like I started planning it out. Mm-hmm. And then the, the the next question was, if you knew you had 24 hours to live, you'd spend time with your friends. And I was like, yeah, I was like, but would you wash their feet? Hmm. If that was the last thing you knew you would do. Hmm. And I was like, no, I don't think I'd do that at all. You know what I mean? And then when um, mm-hmm. this last speaker brought that up was that was the last thing. One of the last things that Jesus did on earth mm-hmm. was he washed his friend's feet. But he didn't do it in a public square. He didn't do it on a stage. He didn't make a thing out of it. He didn't He didn't jump up and down in the room. He very calmly started washing people's feet. Then the second portion of that was, regardless of the people that are going to let you down, he served them anyways. Mm-hmm. And in he, there's probably fear there of like, I'm going to die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's, there's peace and comfort through the storm. So I think the biggest takeaway from all these is, I want to lead as if I had 24 hours left and I didn't do things to have fun or to serve myself. But the last day I led people, even the people that were going to stab me in the back and I led them well and Mm -hmm. I didn't lead them for myself to boast, to get Mm -hmm. any reward, but I just calmly grabbed the towel and grabbed a bucket and said, Hey, I'm going to love you well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the biggest thing through all this is loving people well and serving people well is what leadership is. Mm. That's yeah. I don't have anything to add to that. I I just sense the the beauty and the tension in in all of this uh, at the same time because you're right. I mean, it boils down to how well do we love and serve. And while we feel like there's so many things we have to get right as a leader, yeah, that's the mm-hmm. most important thing, right? That we have to get right is how well we're loving and serving on a consistent basis, and so. Uh, you know, I think our, our final exhortation and offer um, to to you that are listening and, and following along, watching the videos, is that we have positioned ourselves and our organization um, to be foot washers, in a sense, to come alongside and say, hey, we want to help you be the best version of you, leveraging your influence, that's possible. And the way we do that is is through what we call our purpose project workshops and so it sounds like we're pitching you something but i tell you i'm be honest here at this point we're not making a ton of money on these on these workshops (laughs) in fact the 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 money that you pay us for these workshops and for our time to guide you through this process 
primarily goes back into us helping and working with at-risk kids because that's the main mission of our organization. We just happened to, several years ago, stumble upon a methodology that not only brought to life the DNA of the students we were leading, but the adults as well. And we've refined it over the years to take what, what takes most leaders decades worth to figure out, we can help you figure out in a matter of hours. Yeah. Um, just like you sat here and you participated in these recap videos that saved you two days, consolidated two days into two hours, we're going to do the same thing by analyzing your unique design and looking at the bigger picture of where you need to focus your time and energy to maximize your impact and how you're going to be able to do that for the people you lead as well. And that's where the real power is. So uh, our encouragement, I agree. I think we all agree. Be you. Figure out how to uniquely be you. There's only one of you. And do that the best you can. If there's any way we can help you with that, reach out to us. Phone calls, emails, conversations are always free. So don't hesitate to, to hit us up and, and just uh, strike up a conversation. So, yeah. All right. PurposePro.org. Was that what it was? Are you you asking me? I'm just reminding you. You're just reminding me? Yeah. PurposePro.org. Cool, cool, cool. Because yeah, I couldn't yeah. read it on the screen or they haven't heard it enough. <laughs> if they're on a website that's yeah, never nope, mind. Nope. Anyway. Appreciate you guys. Until next time. For more free content from Joe and his team of church misfits, visit www.catalystcollective.community.